What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Nick and Sam Riccio. They are phenomenal investors in the Boston market and owners of Eagle Hill Properties. Nick is also a loan officer with Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. There is so much to be learned from the both of them in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's going on, guys? I'm here today with Nick and Sam Riccio. Riccio? There you go. <laughs> and uh, they're from Reno's Real Estate on Instagram. Um, I'm you know, interviewing them, seeing what their story is, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So what got you guys into real estate and like, what's your backstory? Like, what's your, what's your story? Yeah. So we, uh, I think we, well, we started back in 2017. We got our first property then, and we had wanted to get into real estate. I think probably from the time we were like 17, 18 years old, um, just loved the idea of passive income, um, creating wealth through real estate and more than just our jobs that we would be working. So um, we had a passion for it really early. And once we graduated college, we tried to build out a plan that would lead us to our first property. And then, like I said, we were able to get our first one in 2017. That's awesome. So you guys knew kind of like straight out of college that that's kind of the route that you wanted to take? Nick more so than me, but he definitely was headstrong about it. <laughs> what did you guys take in college? Like, did that kind of like have an impact on that? Or was that like, it was just kind of a thing like you wanted to do? Yeah. I mean, I studied like marketing. Um, Nick did business. So, I mean, that definitely helped a little bit probably from the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But um, it was kind of, it was one of those things that nobody in our family had done it. Nobody we really knew was doing it. Um, so it was definitely a leap of faith from our side. It's not like we saw anyone with a great track record that we were like, oh, we want to, you know, mimic that. <laughs> um, but the more kind of Nick read about it, learned about it, and, you know, was pulling me into it, we realized the power of it. And then from there, it kind of was just like we were headstrong. That's what we were doing. And we just had to figure out how to make it happen. That's awesome. It's going to be sweet to be like the first generation, like in your families. Like it, I get that. <laughs> Start yeah. for, started for everybody. Yeah. It's good and bad that, you know, <laughs> now, now everyone sort of understands what we're doing, but starting out, I think everyone kind of thought we were crazy and didn't really understand what we were doing. So it, it's got, it's definitely it's pros and cons. <laughs> I feel that. I totally feel that. Um, what is your drive and vision for the long term? Like what's your, what's your, what's your why? That's a, that's a hard one. The reason is because I feel like it changes so constantly, especially with the market that we're living in. So I feel like in our free time when we're not working, all we're doing is talking about the future and our why and why and what we want to do and why we want to do it. Um, but we feel like that at least lately has just been changing so much, which is a good thing because it's good to be able to kind of pivot. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, long term, 
we see, I mean, we see ourselves in this industry, but we really want to focus on buy and hold rental properties. Um, we feel like once we can build a, a good amount of wealth through that, I love the design aspect, which is tough with rentals. To, I mean, you can get to a good point of a high-end rental, but there's there's a cap where it's like, let's just do subway tile because, you know, it's going to be a rental property. So yeah. we'd love to get into flipping or, you know, condo conversions and things of that nature. But Nick can probably elaborate more too on that. Yeah, no, the only thing I'd add, I think our, well, I know why. our, our why <laughs> um, is, it's cliche, right? But it's, we want to create wealth, generational wealth for our family, um, you know, for, and we've always wanted to be able to give our kids things that, you know, we didn't necessarily have growing up or, um, you know, not have to struggle about the things that normal you know average families struggle over it's you know it's expensive world it's it's expensive to have kids and, and all of those things so i think you know we're just really working to position ourselves to not have as many of those stressors and to just make sure we're able to give you know our children and, and family things that you know we think they deserve and that it shouldn't be a huge stressor for them yeah, I, I totally get that. I like that a lot, actually, you know, to be able to give your kids the things that you never had. I, I totally feel that. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Would you mind telling the story of acquiring your first property and like any lessons or like anything big that you learned from it? Like anything huge that kind of stuck out? Yeah. Uh, well, I think we can, we can probably dovetail it into like, our first two properties. Cause I think, I think the story makes better sense that way. So, um, like I, like we said, starting out, we had really wanted to get into multifamily investing. Um, I, when we were starting in like 2017, not that it's much different now, but the market was, you know, scorching hot. It was really hard to get in multifamilies, especially that I, you know, that was really the start or, the early days of everyone um, looking to do condo conversions. So getting into multifamilies for buy and hold was really challenging because um, people who were looking to convert them, you know, could pay a higher premium than we could looking for cash flow. So it was super hard. We were, we were banging our heads against the wall, getting really frustrated that we couldn't find anything. And then randomly one day we were just walking around East Boston. I think we had looked at a property and then we were like, screw it, you know, let's walk around and see what's going on. Walked into this uh, open house for a brand new one bed, one bath, condo, everything we said we didn't want. Um, and like within 24 hours we were under agreement and purchased it. Uh, which is funny because it's, it's again it's like we had a plan and then we deviated it for some reason but mm -hmm. within six months of owning that condo we were then under contract to purchase the three family that was adjoining to the condo so um it was interesting like we we are kind of believers of like that things ha tend to happen for a reason and we 
now it's funny to look back that like we bought this condo that we did not want. We had our plan, completely went away from it, but then it went <laughs> to our first multifamily, which is what we really wanted. That's awesome. That's so crazy that like, that's, you know, how the first one happened. Like, I totally agree with you that everything happens for a reason. And uh, that's, that's nuts. Yeah, it was you know, crazy. <laughs> that's crazy how it resulted in like what you actually wanted. Like, even though you kind of deviated a little bit from it. That's so crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's been a good, it's been a fine rental for yeah. us. It's, we bought it in East Boston, which for those that don't know, that's, it's a really appreciating market over the last few years. So, I mean, it, it's turned out totally fine. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't our intentions at the time. That's great. <laughs> All worked out so far. <laughs> what would you consider to be the biggest variable to work on to expand your portfolio? Like, you know, building your network or marketing you know running numbers on properties like staying consistent like if you kind of had to pick like one central like variable i, I know it's kind of hard but <laughs> like one really big thing to focus on i guess yeah, i think for i think it probably varies person by person too like for me i think it was the networking aspect of it which i bet a ton of people say but the mm -hmm. reason is especially when we were just starting out our families were like a little confused at what we were doing you know I was at a w2 job and they kept asking like what my long-term goals were and I weren't gonna be like well not here like you know I want to be <laughs> real estate so um, I definitely me probably even more so than Nick but both of us together had that like imposter syndrome of like what are you doing what you know where do you fit in are you like you know going to work every day and pretending that this is what you want to do and spending your days daydreaming about real estate and looking at properties and analyzing deals. So for me, the networking really opened up kind of the horizons of like, you can do this a and B there's so many people like you that are, you know, only are starting out, especially in that time. Maybe they only have one property, but you know, they're going to real estate meetups, they're present on social media. And that's what made us start our uh, social media accounts. We didn't have anything until this year. Um, and I was like, okay, I guess it's time. We should probably do something. But that all kind of stemmed from the networking of it um, and surrounding ourselves with like-minded people and learning from others. And I really feel like that helped us feel empowered and feel like, you know, we can do it. And also obviously the relationships that we've built have helped us, helped us tremendously just even from like a bouncing ideas off each other type of standpoint. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Like just the, um, like meeting different people and like the amount of doors that open up is so crazy. And like, it, Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, the only thing I was going to add is like, I think a lot of times people get too wrapped up in like the technical aspect and uh, we got, we would get wrapped up in it and still do today. But I think the big, really the only barrier in my opinion in this industry is, is mindset, right? So at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's fairly simple math that we have to do. Um, and most of the times the computer is doing it for us anyways. So you don't need to be a rocket scientist to do it. Um, all things like finding properties, um, capital, um, making sure that num like you can run the numbers correctly. Like that's 
not too difficult, but if you make yourself think that it's too difficult, you know, that's where you get into trouble. That's so important. I mean, really, you're totally right. Like even like the network and can stem from the mindset. Like if you believe that like, you know, like you're equivalent with like the people that, you know, are like-minded and stuff. And like, you're not like lesser because you don't know anything like that kind of thing. I feel like it all stems from, from the mindset, like believing that you can run the numbers or, you know, believing that, you know, you're worthy enough to, to meet some of these people and have these conversations, you know, um, believing that you can take on a project. Like, I feel like that's so important. Like it all kind of stems from that. That's yeah. you're totally right. <laughs> Ooh, what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your real estate career so far? Um, <laughs> I, so personally, I, I'd probably stick with that general premise. I think um, I you struggle. I think I struggle, and I know a lot of people struggle with that of thinking to your point that maybe they're not as smart as the guy who's having success or. Uh, they don't have, I don't know, they don't have the resources that, you know, the guy down the street has. And I think once you get to the point where you understand, like, that what you're doing is good and, and you understand where you're at and how you want to get to the next level, I think that's the biggest thing. So I think, again, you can easily trick yourself into thinking you're not ready or now's not the right time. And I think there's never the right time. So once you just decide that you're going to take action, I think, you know, that's probably the biggest thing is just committing to taking action. Yeah. We always would say, I mean, even in the beginning when we bought the condo, I was like, I think or Nick asked me or I asked him one or the other, like, are you ready for this? And the answer was like, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> and we still think about that now. And, and when the opportunity came up to purchase the three family, like we had just purchased our first home and now we're purchasing um, a, a building that needs extensive renovation and we, we had to live through that renovation so we lived in the like absolute chaos and it was another like are you ready and it was like no I'm not ready like, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into um, yeah. and, and I think that's important to, to Nick's point of like it's never going to feel like okay now's the right time to take the jump you just have to trust yourself and also, you know, be okay with taking a bit of a risk. And then now I think if you asked us for the next project that we took on, if we were ready, my answer would be, yeah, because now it's like, we know whatever comes our way, we'll just figure out. It might be things we've never dealt with before. Um, but you get a little bit of confidence after the first, first or second deal. That's such a crazy transition from going from like being so terrified and like not ready at all to being able to you know, be ready for that challenge and know that you can handle it. And like, you know, you know, the people that can help you take care of that. That's, that's so crazy. <laughs> um, what are the most effective resources that have helped you most far on your journey? Or like, um, yeah, like books or like, you know, meeting different people and, you know, being able to have them answer your questions, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. what's the most important? So, um, I, I say this, but it's now it's so cliche because this is literally what everybody says. But the book, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was the one that Nick, when we were younger, 
prior to, you know, purchasing any property, handed to me, and he was like, please just read this. Like, I beg you. And I was like, oh, no, I don't really feel like it. Like, I don't want to read, like, a business book. Like, we're, I don't know, probably on vacation or something. I'm like, I just, you know, want to read a novel. But no, I read it. Um, read through it, I think, in two days. And that book, for me, opened my eyes to the power of real estate. And I know so many people say that. Um, but I, I, I think it really, it completely changed my mindset. We now read it every year, at least once. Sometimes I'll read it twice. If I'm feeling a little discouraged, I'll go back to it. But at least once a year, we'll both reread it. Um, because I think it's really important and it does such a great down of break, a great job of breaking down the simplicity of it. Um, it's not as terrifying as it seems and you know, building a business isn't as terrifying as it seems and all of that. So that was a huge mind shift um, change for me personally. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think just being open to putting yourself out there, um, I think, it, and that can be in a number of ways, whether, you know, right now, there's not a lot of like in-person networking going on, but you know, when the world resumes, I think just going out networking, I think even putting your work out on social media and on different platforms, I think it's been a huge return for us in, in, in so many ways. Like now we meet people, talk to people, and you feel like you already know them. Like, you know, us, for instance, we've never met, but we feel like we know each other. Same yep. thing with a lot of other folks that we now, like it's easier to get a meeting or take a meeting with someone because they feel like they kind of know us and um, they believe in what we're doing. And I think even, uh, some of our work, like we put our, a lot of our work out there and we've had people reach out being like, what the hell are you doing? Or why are you doing it like that? Um, you know, it's, and for, it's, e it would be easy to be, to feel like uh, insulted or nervous or whatever, but people are trying to help and, um, you know, it, it's a good learning lesson. So I think just being open to sharing and, and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable is a huge opportunity. I totally agree with you. It's, you know, an honor to have you guys on the podcast and being able to like, I mean, I've watched your story for a while and like, it's, it's just nuts. Like watching, you know, put to put down a carpet after like not doing it before. And like, you know, I, I would have never known about that if you guys weren't on social media. Right. You know, I feel like that's the same with a lot of, a lot of other people too. Like you don't really know unless you put yourself out there. Like you never really know what can happen and you know, who you can meet and that kind of thing. And it's great. You say that about rich dad, poor dad, cause that's the one that started me as well and got into everything. And like, I, I like to tell everybody about it and to Zach and Miranda, you know who you are. They, <laughs> a couple of my friends bought the book and they haven't read it. You guys heard that. You guys heard that story. All right. Read it. <laughs> I'm calling you out. But, um, yeah, honestly, you're totally right, though. And it's, it's great to read that book like once a year, you know, just to get a nice little refresher on it. Um, that book is totally worth its weight in gold. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, the information is just insane. I think I paid, I think I paid a little for that book or something. And it, it'll probably be the best thing I've ever spent money on, honestly. <laughs> it started everything. Definitely. Ooh. What is something that you thought about business, networking, or wealth creation that changed as you went along? 
Um, I would probably say that it's a lot easier than you think. Um, even from, I would say, I mean, we talked a lot about the networking and all that, so I won't harp on that, but I think even like the wealth building piece, um, you know, we, when you think like, if you're thinking at like a, a smaller level, it's in, and we're guilty of it. When we, when we're feeling small and thinking small, it's like, well, how are we going to get there? In, in our mind, it's like, well, it's going to take years. It's going to take this or that. And then again, once we open up our thoughts and our mind and kind of remove some of the fake barriers that we think are there, like the wealth building is actually not very difficult. Um, especially with real estate and, and leverage and things like that. I mean, if you're calculated and taking action, I mean, it, it happens quickly, like really quickly. Uh, so I think it's just, it's just thinking bigger than probably what, mo what we're accustomed to doing. Yeah. And I think off of that too is for me, probably more than Nick was just the idea of money in general. Nick always says to me, like, there's so much money to be made. Money's cheap. Um, and to, I, five years ago, would be like, what? What do you mean? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, but, you know, now I see that. And um, the idea, you know, we haven't done this quite yet, but just, you know, raising capital, getting partners, it's things we talk about a lot, um, having people invest with you. I, five years ago, I would have, like, ran at that thought. And now, you know, we're talking about implementing it. So I think changing your mindset around, like, you know, and everyone grew up differently, but I definitely grew up in a, you know, take your $20, put it in the bank and get $20 and five cents in five years. Um, yep. and I was okay with that. I was like, great, five cents, it's free. Um, but there are so many other ways to mix point to build wealth and so many things or, you know, avenues you can take to make your money work for you. Um, it's definitely a different way of thinking than, you know, how we both were raised and getting into that mindset has really helped us be able to think bigger, um, which I feel like is kind of goes in tandem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so important. Um, you know, that's uh, like a whole nother, uh, I guess like transition, right. you know, into like a, a totally different state. Um, you know, your mindset's definitely like a huge part of that. And uh, you know, it should be changing as you go along. I mean, because like, if you have the same mindset, you know, from five years ago, then you probably aren't really advancing that much. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, like, as long as you have like the open mindedness and, you know, be able to adapt to like roll with the punches, I guess, and like keep um, improving, then that's, uh, that's really important. Uh, what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? Okay, so I'm not going to say networking because it's <laughs> times. Best piece of advice would be well, so I'm going to actually tie this into being in an expensive market like Boston because, mm -hmm. or you know, Massachusetts in general, there's different areas, but. Um, I feel like I have, you know, a lot of friends, family, we're all kind of in this expensive market seeing the crazy homes go for so much above asking. So I think for somebody that's really serious about investing, um, especially if you're in an expensive market and all over the country is we're huge advocates of house hacking. Um, 
and we believe it's single-handedly the best way to get started investing. I think, you know, and for those who don't know, house hacking basically is meaning that you're using your investment as your primary residence. So whether it's a single family and you're renting out a second room to a roommate, or it's a three family building and you live in one unit and you rent out the other two to subsidize your, your living costs. Um, but we feel that in an expensive market, you can get in low down payment, 3.55% down, that's amazing. Um, you're able to live in the property and then if need be, slowly do renovations if you, if you have to do that. So you live in the first unit and you renovate it for six months and then you move to the second unit and you know what I mean? It gives you that flexibility where it's not a vacant building that you have to hurry up and renovate in eight months or else you know your holding costs are gonna kill you. Uh, and then also I think it helped us early on learn how to be landlords. I mean, living with your tenants is tough, especially your first time being a landlord. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's something we want to do forever, but I think it taught us a lot. Um, and it was kind of like one of those things where you talk about doing something for so long and you're like, this is what I want. I'll do anything to have it. And then you get it and it might be a little difficult. It's kind of being like, well, how bad do you want it? You know what I mean? Yeah, you might be living in a crappy apartment that you have to lay down the floor tile and put a little elbow grease and you have tenants upstairs that are giving you a hard time. But if you can get through that, that, that means you got it to be an investor. That's great. That's so valuable. You know, especially after like discovering bigger pockets and like the idea of house hacking. Like I, I couldn't imagine just buying like a regular kind of like forever home, I guess you could say. And like, that's not a bad thing. It's just, that's a different mindset in itself. You know, a forever home versus a rental. Like, totally. yeah. like they're totally like two different, two different things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's so true though. I, I can't wait to get my first house hack and <laughs> start that all up. But you're totally right though. Cause then, I mean, you know, depending on what your plan is, you know, you get into your property you do the year or, you know, a couple years, whatever you decide to do, if you wanted to live in it, own or occupy it, uh, you, you know, put your, um, your renovations and fix it up and stuff. And then you have your tenants, uh, like builds an equity and stuff for you. And it's, it's so valuable. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> what is a common myth about building a portfolio that you want to debunk? Like, What's something that like a lot of people think that like after like doing it, you like, you can kind of tell like, isn't true, you know, like bad advice, I guess you could say. Um, so there's a ton, uh, <laughs> but I, I guess to be probably go away from what we've been talking about, I think, um, you know, I think one of them is like you, like we always get, um, oh, well, you're going to like, you know, you're going to get the call at two in the morning to fix the toilet or this or that, you know, everyone has a reason about why being a landlord is a bad idea. Um, Usually and, they're not landlords. No. <laughs> totally. Yep. And I think the other thing people forget is like, you don't have to be a landlord to invest in real estate. Like, if you don't want to be a landlord, that doesn't mean you can't invest in real estate. Like you can use property management. You, there's a million avenues you can do. So I think people who are just like, well, I can't invest in real estate or I'm not investing in real estate because I don't want to have those phone calls. I mean, we would, we have 
we don't have enough time to talk about all the ways to, <laughs> to not have that be an issue. But I just think for people who will actually want to get into real estate, but their fear is the being the landlord, I think a lot of the concerns are not real. Um, I mean, let's be honest, obviously there are a ton of issues being a landlord, like you do have those concerns, but just a lot of the ones that people bring up, um, I think are false. And I also think if that's your concern, but you want to invest in real estate, just don't be a landlord. That's so important. I feel like people don't really like look into it enough. That's just kind of like the, the far away kind of opinion, I guess you could say. Like I, I hear it everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you hear it from a ton of different people. And that's, um, that's definitely a really important factor is to be careful who you get your advice from and what you actually act on. Cause it's, I mean, that, a lot of people never really, you know, are landlords or anything, but they want to give you advice. Like, why not to like, right. are you serious? Like <laughs> friends and family, you tell them. Exactly. And they're like, I mean, we, yeah, we, we got it up and down a hundred times over and yep. at that point you hadn't done it before and maybe you weren't as educated. So we weren't, we weren't saying to each other, there's property management companies or like it won't be as bad. You know, it was more just like, Oh God, and they're just instilling fear in you. And I think that's, that also ties back to like why you're so petrified the first time around. It's because 95% of people, which I mean, it's human nature. It's, it's completely different than what they're used to. And it's completely you know, it's like a totally different road than they've ever gone down. So they're looking at you like giving you all the reasons why it's not going to work. And it's not out of a bad place. It's out of, you know, concern and doubt. And I see that. But I think there was a point in this, in the beginning where Nick and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, nobody's advice, nobody's, you know, opinions matter unless they've done it. And right there, it was like, we, first of all, we at that point had spoke to nobody had done, who has done it before. So that was that, which I mean, now looking back, there's your networking piece that I that we'd strongly recommend. Um, yeah. But I mean, then it was like, okay, well, who cares? They've never done it. So why, why are we listening so, so hard to them too? Yeah. And I would, I would just echo that, that like, most of it's not from a bad place. Like, yeah. like family is definitely not from a bad right. place. And even friends, I don't think they're necessarily like trying to like hold you back or put you down. I mean, I think that's out there, but I don't think that's the majority. But I think they're worried about, you know, your well-being because they've heard horror stories and things like that. So I think it's, I think it's important that like, it's not people are, are trying to like protect you or act in your best interest. But if they don't know, then, you know, they don't know. You're right. You're right. Totally. That's, that's so important. Um, definitely, you know, take that into consideration, like really with anything, you know, if you're wanted to get into something, um, you know, if you wanted to start a business or something and, you know, you heard from the guy down the street that like, Oh, I know a guy that was trying to do the same thing. And like, it was a disaster. And, you know, are you really going to follow that or, you know, are you going to actually try it yourself and see what happens and do things different? You know, that's, that's really important. Um, you know, just to, again, just be careful where you get your advice and, you know, what advice you follow. Uh, our last question here, do you guys read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? So I already answered mine, but I'm sticking to my yeah. gut. <laughs> friends who need to read the book. So rich dad, poor dad, all the way. 
totally. So yes, we do. We read a lot. Uh, I I um, I just started a new book. I'm not too far into it, but it's been like incredibly help helpful for me. Uh, it's traction, and it's helpful for me because I am. And I don't know the author, otherwise I would throw it out there. But um, it's helpful for me because I'm easily distracted. I'm easily, uh, you know, I, I thrive off creating ideas and then not really implementing them. Uh, so it's helped me, along with Sam, uh, to start to stay focused in my business, in our business. and um because it's easy to get lost. I mean, there's abundance out there. So you can get lost in ideas and, and a lot of them may be great ideas, but if, you know, not implementing them is the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll definitely have to write that one on the list. I, I get that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but definitely great books. Um, again, Miranda and Zach. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but um, yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for, for coming on the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. You know, this is huge, especially after watching you guys progress, like, on Instagram, and it's, it's so nuts. Um, what is your – where can you guys be reached the best? I know Instagram is one, but – Yeah, so Renos and Real Estate on Instagram, and then our website is um, eaglehill-properties.com, and we're populating that with, you know, blog posts and things like that, some updates on the houses. So that's where you can find us. Mm -hmm. And Nick, you're a loan officer now, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say you, uh, I'm a loan officer. So uh, with Fairway Independent Mortgage. So anyone have any questions, you can find me at Nick underscore Riccio, R-I-C-C-I-O underscore or at www. You have to say www. <laughs> old people. <laughs> with Nick.com. Good job. <laughs> yeah, guys, definitely give them a follow. Um, you know, it's it'll be totally worth your time. It's watching them progress is is insane. Um, it's it's really good. But yeah, uh, thank you so much, guys. Again, it it really means a lot. Um, you know, I look forward to keep watching you guys do your thing and keep acquiring properties and keep moving. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much, guys. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Have a good day. Alright, guys. That concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.